I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. edition of the Sooner Nation podcast. He's Rich. I'm Matt. Thanks a lot for being here with us. Um, we're going to go through the Big 12 wide receiver tight end rankings, ranking by position groups, not necessarily by one individual player. You can get a, you can get by with that more, I believe, on the wide in the uh, running back, quarterback type positions. But when you get into multiple uh, player positions like the wide receiver, I think you have to take the group in as a whole. Now, this whole idea was birthed through a project that we do at our website, heartland-sports.com, where all of our writers go through and we rank what we believe are the best position groups in the Big 12 from first to worst. And and in doing that, we come up with a consensus rankings. But one thing I've noticed is that you got four different guys giving their opinions, and sometimes you really have a lot of... Uh, um, A lot of, you know, same thoughts, same motives, so forth. But then sometimes you can be way, way off. And even Rich and I, both being guys who cover Oklahoma and Oklahoma fans, we can be way off at times. And I think this is one of those times where it's going to happen. And Rich, I will tell you, because I know what I know what everybody, how everybody voted, uh, because I worked the post and put the the poll together and everything for our website. I think this may be the most I've ever been off apart from the group. <laughs> Honestly, I sometimes, and, and what's great is we, we have, we have good guy. I mean, look, Craig, Craig's an adamant Homer. Okay. That's just who he is. He's the Homer, but he has good logic. He's a Homer with good logic. Zach, he's our resident Oklahoma state guy. He's the anti Homer. Okay. So he'll think Oklahoma state, uh, they're pretty good, but I don't want to, I don't want to place them as good as I think they're going to be. Cause I don't want everybody calling me the homer. So he actually, sometimes we're better as far as ranking Oklahoma State than he is because he doesn't want to be the anti-homer. And then I, I look at you and I, and we're we're both OU fans, I mean, full disclosure, but I feel like we do a better job at trying to park ourselves right there in the middle and, and just be open-minded about the situation. And with that said, sometimes that leads me and sometimes you to have stark disagreements from Craig and Zach. But this 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 go around with this position group, I'm kind of on an island. And so, do you have you looked at it? Do you know where where I've ranked things? I don't. Good, because you I haven't seen it, and I I know Matt that we're recording this much earlier than it will be published, and much closer to the original published date of the article itself. So, with that said, I have not gone through and looked at even the composite mm-hmm. or the individual. Okay, so he, here's our composite consensus rankings. Okay, I'm going to go one through 10. And then you and I are going to start at the bottom and go from from worst to first, okay? 
So here we go. Number one, Oklahoma State. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Iowa State. Number four, Kansas. Number five, Texas Tech. Number six, Texas. Number seven, Baylor. Number eight, West Virginia. Number nine, TCU. Number 10, Kansas State. If you take all four of us and you average out our rankings, that's where we are. We were unanimous on one team. One team. And I'm pretty sure you know what that team is going to be, right? (laughs) Um, And we're going to jump into that. So now we're going to start going from number 10 down to number one. And I'm telling you, I think I've got some surprises in here for you. So let's start. You want to go number 10 first or you want me to go first? Yeah, for sure. I can take number 10. At number 10, I I put West Virginia at the dead bottom of the heap and and a large portion and you're crazy for that a large portion for that for me matt was i I think the numbers are skewed for west virginia because i i do believe i don't believe i i witnessed it they rode the struggle bus in basically every facet of the game last season Mm -hmm. west virginia was not impressive through the air. The quarterback play was not impressive. The running game was not impressive. Pick a part and you could essentially add not impressive to the tagline of that group, of that position, of that unit. When I look at West Virginia, I do see that they had a lot of young talent Mm -hmm. and they're going to look to develop that young talent. But the one key thing that they're missing, in my opinion, and the, the largest reason that I've ranked them at the bottom isn't just experience, it's also because they're losing a guy like George Campbell, right. who was their deep threat. They don't have a deep threat. And I don't know if they had a deep threat, if they could even get the ball to him. Well, um, I strongly disagree. And we'll get into that when you find out where I have West Virginia ranked. Um, I've got number 10, Kansas State. And when you look at the top 25 pass catchers from 2019, Kansas State is the only Big 12 school not to return at least one guy that was ranked in the top 25 of pass catchers. And here's the bad thing about that is Kansas state didn't have a lot of turnover. When you look at guys who catch the ball, when you, I mean, you look at an Oklahoma who lost CD lamb, look at, you know, you, you go across the board and, and you look at teams, you know, and Oklahoma didn't just lose CD lamb. They lost to Nick Baskin and, and you go on and on and on. And when you look at what these teams retained, Kansas state retained a lot and they don't have a single guy who ranked in the top 25 in catching passes in 2019, and they're bringing back the same quarterback and the same system. So I think you got to start with Kansas State being number 10 in the Big 12. At number 9, I've got TCU. And the TCU returned one guy in that top 25, and this Tay Barber, 29 passes, 372 yards. Not a great thing to build around if you're Gary Patterson and TCU, but you got more to build around what Kansas State does. So I've got TCU <laughs> at number nine. Kansas State is going to slide in at number nine for me. And a lot of that schematics, Matt, when you look at the number of passes caught, I get it. They're returning five of their six receivers, top targets on the receiving list. However, that top guy only caught 27 passes. Right. I'm making your argument for you. It's a second reason why I have them listed so low as well. It doesn't bode well for an offense that isn't going to throw the ball much anyway, but I do believe they've got experience, which is why they're above West Virginia for me. At number eight, I put TCU, although you had them at number nine. Our reasoning is going to be the same. Replacing a guy like Jalen Rager is not 
going to be an easy feat. You've mentioned Tay Barber as the guy who could easily slide in to that role, but I look at his numbers, 372 yards, and 137 of those came in one game. He's got some ground to make up if he's going to be as productive as a guy like Jalen Rager, and more importantly, if the offense and the receivers are going to be productive, they're going to lean on him pretty heavily. Well, see, it's, it's the Charleston Rambo effect, though. With Barber, he's playing alongside Jalen Rager. So mm-hmm. Jalen Rager is going to get more more, more looks, right, more and, attention. And, and Barber's that guy. Uh, now now it's Barber stepping in the spotlight, just like right. it's Charleston Rambo for to, Oklahoma. To that point, though, I don't know that anyone in the league at the receiver position had the speed that Rager had. No, I agree. When we look at TCU, and this is another notch in your belt for credit, because TCU over the past four years has had a 1,000-yard receiver, and those are not all Jalen Rager, right. by the way. So it does make sense that someone, whether that's Barber or not, someone will assume that role. Okay, so here we go. Uh, number, I'm at number eight, right? Number eight for me. I'm going to make sure I, I'm doing this right. Yep. Number eight for me, the Texas Longhorns. And and people, it's, it's going to be easy for people to say, oh, man, you're just a hater. You hate Texas, which I do. I can't stand Texas. I loathe Texas. If you make me think, uh, make a list of the things that I hate in college football, Texas starts. Texas ranks ahead of Pac-12 officiating for me. All right. But it's more than just that. Do you know Texas, uh, Dev, Devin DuVernay, 106 receptions last year, led the Big 12, the number of receptions. He's gone. He's gone. Now you got Brennan Eagles, who's your leading returning receiver. But right now, Brennan Eagles is saying, I'm not playing. I'm not going to play college football. I'm done. Now, I, I think at the end of the day, Eagles is probably coming back to this team and is going to play. And he's going to go in as your returning leading receiver. But how much damage has been done? Does Tom Herman trust him? Sam Ellinger going to hold a grudge against him or be in his corner? I mean, what what's going to go on there? Oh, well, let's talk about Sam Ellinger. The guy who gets every year touted as the top quarterback in the Big 12 and has yet to finish the year as the top quarterback in the Big 12. Why is that? Have we ever thought, why is it that Sam Ellinger in preseason is the Big 12 quarterback of the year, but in postseason, he's listed as honorable mention? Have we ever stopped to figure this out? Well, if you did, you'd figure it out. He's not a good quarterback. Well, it's name recognition. Yes. It's not the way he plays. It's not. And name recognition plays a huge role in things outside of the preseason college football awards, whether that's conference or nationally. Yes. And so because when you, you look at some turmoil that's going on right now with Brennan Eagles, you look at who's the guy throwing the ball in Texas, I believe, Texas is going to run the ball a whole lot in 2020. I got the Longhorns way down the list. Number seven is I've got the Baylor Bears, the Big 12 runner-up. Because, I mean, look, let's not act like let's not act like replacing Denzel Mims is going to be something that's easy to do. I, I, yeah, I just, I just don't think it's going to be. And, and again, we, we're dealing with a new coach, a new philosophy. We talked about this with the running backs. Are they going to have that tenacity? What's this Baylor team going to look at? You know, Denzel Mims only caught 66 passes, but he averaged 15 yards of reception, 15 and a half. 
And he really took up a lot of attention of opposing defenders. And Baylor's not going to have that. So I've got Baylor Bears at number seven. You and I are going to disagree because at number seven, I I also have the Baylor Bears, but it may be for a little bit of a different reasoning than what you've mentioned. I think Tyquan Thornton is as potent of a threat as Denzel Mims. We just talked about name recognition. Mims had that coming into last season. It's well, why you know, you know what, but you know what Tyquan Thornton had last season? No. He had Denzel Mims. I get that, but he's I think he's going to slide in and Baylor's going to be just fine with Thornton leading the charge through the air as the leading receiver. He's a big-bodied guy who's already going to give opposing defenders a little bit of a, a nightmare some fits here and there, and they're going to have to figure out how to stop him. Because when I look at a guy who's six, three, six, four range and has the abilities as well as the speed that Thornton does, all I can imagine is it's a repeat of Denzel Mims time and time again at number six for me, Matt, I do have the Texas Longhorns and I may flip Baylor and Texas and agree with you. Assuming Brennan Eagles does play because Texas is losing two quality receivers, Mm -hmm. but I thought Brennan Eagles would be the anchor for them in that department and would be a guy who could really, really easily command a majority of the attention to attention to open some things up as Texas employs a new offensive scheme that we believe is going to result in more throwing than running from Sam Ellinger and the quarterback position in general for the foreseeable future. But Side tangent, side note here. I think this is the last chance for Tom Herman. I agree. He's had an overhaul on the offensive side of the ball. It's been the one big complaint because defensively they've done enough to win games, but the offense simply can't put the ball in the end zone by throwing it to compete with some of the high powered offenses. I disagree that defensively they've done enough to win games. I I, I disagree with that as well. Well, I thought they did against LSU. Uh, that early, I mean, LSU scored like forty something points. So did Texas. But the the point I'm making is with Tom Tom Herman. The the reason I think the I agree with you, he had to fire coordinators. How can you always tell when the coach is on the hot seat and when he has to fire coordinators? That's why it was it was a big move for Lincoln Riley to do that early in his tenure. Because you don't want to wait till year three or four to have to fire that coordinator. Because when you get down the road and the honeymoon is so, somewhat over, mm-hmm. when you have to fire coordinators, the next guy to get fired is you. Right. And that's where Tom Herman is. Back to that, the conversation of where we're ranking them. If Brennan Eagles does not play, as has been mentioned on his Twitter by him personally, I, I would have to reassess these rankings. But as I've mentioned, for now, I've got him at six. Well, I think, and again, I, I think he is going to play. But it's hard to quit a team and then come back to it because there's chemistry issues. There's always going to be those guys, regardless of how just your cause may be or how just you believe, how much you believe in your cause. There's going to be those guys who are that brotherhood that are going to say, you quit on us. You know, we're going through this as mm-hmm. a team, but you quit on us. And so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how effective he's going to be if he comes back, which I believe he's going to. I, there, there's multiple guys for the University of Texas right now who are saying they're not going to play. I believe that most of them are going to play. Um, number six, I've got your West Virginia Mountaineers because I, I'm a fan of Sam James. <laughs> I am. I mean, the guy, you're, you're right. Everything you said about West Virginia, true. They rode the struggle bus. But one thing 
that I think we know is that I think, well, we, we and I kind of debated this, but I think we're pretty settled on that fact that at least starting the season, Daigie is going to be the quarterback and not, you know, not Austin Kendall. And so there's not going to be the, the uh, revolving door of quarterbacks in Morgantown this year. And you got a guy in James who is a pretty good threat, a little under underbody type guy a little bit, but he's potential. I mean, he's got, he's got great potential and, and I think he's going to be the star of that offense. And so I've got them ranked higher just because I looked at the, at the four teams below him and I'm trying to think, is this guy better than Sam James? Is this guy better than Sam? And the only, honestly, here we go. The only guy who I thought would be better would be Eagles, but I don't know if he's going to play. And then I thought about the whole situation. How much, I think West Virginia is going to throw the ball a whole lot more than Texas is going to throw the ball. And so that puts James up at number five for me on my top, my top 10 receiving groups. You mean number six? Number six is what West I said. Virginia's number six. Yeah, West Virginia's number six. I'm, I'm moving. I'm trying to think of our transition. Give me five. As we get ready to move on to our top five. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Man, jumping back into this conversation, Matt, looking at the top five, we seem to have a general consensus when it comes to who belongs in the lower half of the conference, as well as in the top half of the conference. Although we're not 100% set from top to bottom, one to 10. Needless to say, I don't expect that to continue. You've already given us a teaser of who number one is and that we would have a consensus pick there. But I'm going to pick up, as I've mentioned, with number five, who just so happens to be the Kansas Jayhawks. I think when you look at Kansas, it's extremely easy to say as a team, they're not a good team, but we can pick out individual players. I know in the past they've had linemen who have been pretty decent. They've had running backs, Apuka Williams, who has been pretty decent. And I think that's going to be the case here with the receiver. The name that everybody's going to throw out is Andrew Parchment, who is now a senior coming back for a final season not a not a thousand yard receiver but definitely has the potential to be obviously Kansas has to work on a couple of different areas in order to be successful as a football team but when I look at dangerous receivers when I look at who belongs in the top half there's no question in my mind that a guy like Parchment belongs in that conversation 62 180 again tall but also has the experience to know what he's doing and to capitalize on mistakes of defenders second leading returning receiver in the big 12 go parchment yes and that's that's all you need to know i mean we we get i'm saying we got the same kind of criticism with puka williams but you you can't deny productivity just because you play on a bad team doesn't mean you can't be productive and you can't be dangerous i I promise you anybody who's going to play kansas they're going to try to find andrew parchment but Here's the thing. I, I've talked about this, this top 25 receivers 
pass catchers from 2009, uh, excuse, 2019 in the Big 12. And there's two guys on it that are coming back from the University of Kansas. And so I think number five is a good place to put Kansas. And and so I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, we Is this the first one we've had that's the same? Yeah, And so number five, we're, we're consensus on that. Number four is where I'm going to get into some trouble here with our local listeners and our website readers because I've got Oklahoma out of the top three, but I've got them in the top five at number four. And here's the thing. I, I don't know what to do with Oklahoma right now when it comes to this position. I, I don't know. I, it's not because I don't trust the quarterback. I think Spencer Rattler is going to be a star. But who's going to be the top receiver on this team? Charleston Rambo has never been a number one receiver. Now he's going to be thought of going into the season as the number one receiver. Can he do that? Austin Stogner was underused as a freshman last season. You've got Theo Howard with, with you. I mean, I, health concerns. Is how much of the season is Theo Howard going to be able to play? Speaking of health concerns, Jaden Hazelwood's out for the season. Trajan Bridges is going to face a suspension, most likely. So this is a very talented group of receivers that the University of Oklahoma has, but they're very young and they're very inexperienced and they're very much banged up when you talk about Hazelwood and Howard. So I do I think... Oklahoma has the chance to jet up this list, even though I have them at four. And there's not a lot of room for them to grow. Yes, I absolutely do. And if we're going by recruiting rankings, they're probably the top on this list. But going with what we know right now in this moment, the, the three teams that I have next, I can't place Oklahoma ahead of any one of them. So I got OU at number four. Number four for me falls Texas Tech. So we are going to disagree here. When I look at Texas Tech, I can't think of a better trio, a more experienced, more proven trio, if you will, even though I know one of the trio is a very young receiver for Texas Tech. Three guys on the roster caught over 40 passes. Oklahoma fans will easily remember a guy named TJ Vasher. TJ Vasher is one of those guys. <laughs> when, I, when I was looking this stuff up, I, I came across TJ Vasher's name. I'm like, he's still playing? Mm -hmm. Surely he was a senior last year. Right. And then yep. you're like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he, he's one of those guys that you just feel has been there for years, mm -hmm. decades. TJ Vasher, RJ Turner, and Azu. I, I'm, I'm going to butcher this last yeah, name. I, so I, yeah. I, I apologize, but Eric Azukanma is what I'm going to go with for the time being. All three caught over 40 passes on the season. Well-distributed distrib well ball mm -hmm. when you look at Texas Tech. I do believe with a more capable passer than a Jarrett Duffy, those numbers potentially go up. At number three, then, Matt. You've got Oklahoma. I do have the Oklahoma Sooners. I look at the talent on the roster, and I say this could very easily be one of the most productive units in the conference, if not in the country. Granted, a majority of that talent is going to be a, be sophomore by classification. I know that you've mentioned 
the injuries that have happened. But I look at a guy who can anchor this unit like Charleston Rambo, who can be that you've mentioned burner in previous podcasts, who can get behind a defense and really make them pay. And all of a sudden it's a, oh crap moment. Let's not let that happen again. But they brought in taller receivers. Theo Weiss proved that he can make right. things happen on, on a big, and on he's a the national, game changer in my opinion, on a national stage. But I, I'm not going to count out the, that H back as well as the that tight end position because I think Austin Stogner is is a star in the making. He's proven that he's capable. Yes, I get that he's young, but when you look at what Oklahoma has talent wise from top to bottom, I've said this previously on previous podcasts. People may talk about the depth, but those top five Oklahoma, in my opinion, has five receivers at any given time who can lead this team in receiving right. yards. And it's because of that, that I've got them in the top three. Well, and, and it's, it's a great point and it's a good, it's a good thought process. But what I came down to was I know that Charleston Rambo can be that guy who stretches the field and, you know, makes, makes the defense pay. I just don't, I can't say that he will be with a hundred percent certainty. I know Theo Weiss can be the game changer in this whole mix of, receivers, but I can't say yet that he will be. I know that Austin Stogner has great chemistry with Spencer Rattler, and I know he was underused last year, and that will change this year as I expect him to become kind of a comfort blanket in the same way that Mark Andrews was to Baker Mayfield. He can be. I just, I'm not to where I'm confident to say that they will be. I hope they will be. I expect them to be. I know they can be, but when I get to my three, two, and one, I know for sure what they have, which brings me to number three at Iowa State, who has an amazing tight end receiver combo in Oklahoma's very own Charlie Kohler and Tariq Milton. Milton, he averaged 20.6 yards per reception in 2019. The, the kid, I mean, the kid's a monster. And I, I look, Iowa State, for everything that everyone says Texas is, Iowa State actually is. Great quarterback play, solid offensive line, good running back, good receivers, and a staunch defense. And more importantly, great coaching. I was going to say oh. a culture that right. has been instilled yes. by the coaching staff. Yes. Um, so I've got Iowa State at number three. And then um, go ahead and. Uh, did you give your number three? It was Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma. So was let's my just alternate three. now, um, um, since we're kind of going out because we know who number one is going to be, right? So number two, <laughs> who do you have? I'm trying to think. And, who and number left two, out. I do have Iowa State. All right, so, okay. who, who you've mentioned as your number three? When I look at a the best one-two punch mm-hmm. in terms of if you can stretch the field, what what can you open up behind you? Iowa State's going to do that better than anybody in the conference, in my opinion. You've mentioned Milton, the average of the 20.6 yards per catch. Clearly a down-the-field threat, but when he begins to stretch a defense, guess who steps in? Another guy you've mentioned, Charlie Kolar, coming in underneath. Was it Norman Norman North High School? Uh I want to say Norman North. Coming in under underneath or even looking at the the gold line opportunities. Mm-hmm. He's a huge target. And I think if anything, when Iowa State and Oklahoma played, it was that that Brock Purdy favors a guy like Kolar in the receiving game. He's an established target right. and they've got they've got good chemistry together. 
dangerous, dangerous duo, but not my number one. Number two for me, doubt me if you want, but it is what it is. Texas Tech. If it wasn't for Tylen Wallace, Texas Tech would be number one on my list. But Texas Tech is the deepest team in the Big 12 when you think about returning talent at the receiver position. They've got four guys. Four guys that ranked top 25 last year in the Big 12 and catching footballs. And you already talked about the quarterback position. You know, if Alan Bowman can stay healthy, Alan, the Alan Bowman injury changed everything for Texas Tech last season. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. But you, you lost the quarterback and everything changed for them. The offensive philosophy changed. The schematics of everything changed. But this is a team that has a lot of talent at quarterback, if he can stay healthy, and a lot of talent, deep talent at receiver. Four guys in the top 25 last year in the Big 12. And it, it it all hinges on Bowman, though. But, I mean, Texas Tech, when you're just looking at a position alone, then you got to go with the Red Raiders at number two. And, again, Tylen Wallace, the best receiver in the Big 12 right now, going into this season. Maybe in the country. Maybe in the country. You know, Tylen Wallace went, no, went toe-to-toe with CeeDee Lamb last season. Mm-hmm. Lamb's, at, Lamb's in Dallas now. Jerry Judy's gone. You, well, you I'm, just talking a, about, I'm just talking about in right, the Big 12. I'm talking right. about in, in the country. Right. You've got some of the top receivers removing themselves from the equation, mm-hmm. which leaves Tylen Wallace as that that lone candidate to begin to reel in some of these national awards that have escaped him because of those other names that have existed, which means, Matt, at number one, you and I both have Oklahoma State. Right. Oklahoma State, no stranger to putting top-tier receivers on the field. That's something that has, has become a tradition for them almost. And 2020 feels no different with Tylen Wallace, but you can't discredit the second option, a Dylan Stoner that's or the available. third option or the fourth option. Right. I mean, this is a, this is a <laughs> deep team. And a lot of people think it's just, it's just Tylen Wallace. And they talk about the three headed monster, you know, Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, Spencer Sanders. But you, you mentioned Stoner, but then there's also Braden Johnson. There's Landon Wolf. I mean, this is, it's not just one guy. So I, I, I know I jumped in there and kind of stole your thunder. No, but, you're good. You're good. But, because we're, we're going down the same train yeah. in the exact same car here. Whatever you say is, is adding to, to what I would have initially said. I look at this offense. I look at the receiving threats and I immediately recognize the potential to score on every single play exists regardless of where that ball is headed. So, um, well, let me, let me just say this again. I, so I said, Tylen Wallace was the difference for me with Texas tech and Oklahoma state because Oklahoma state, I think easily goes four deep. And so does Texas tech based off of experience talent, not, not potential talent, but experience talent. But that's two weeks in a row. Now when we, when we break down position rankings, you and I as Oklahoma fans for two weeks in a row have had said, consistently, you know, it's not just us. It's, it's the whole website, you know, unanimously last, last week, Chuba Hubbard and Oklahoma state were the number one running back group in the big 12 unanimously this week, Tylen Wallace and Oklahoma state are the number one wide receiver pass catching unit in the big 12. How much of, how much does that bother you as an Oklahoma football fan it to doesn't. say that Oklahoma state's number one? It doesn't. Why? At all. Now, when I've mentioned it, when I look at Oklahoma State, they've had the ability to entice 
talented receivers to step onto campus and then mold and shape them. That's ever since I started watching Oklahoma football, that's been the case. When I attended games in person, whether I was in college or beyond those years, it's it's always been you can name an Oklahoma State receiver, regardless of which fan or which fan base you belonged to. Mm-hmm. That, like I said, that trend doesn't bother me. The running backs bothers me a little bit more than the receivers does because I am used to historically. I mean, you can rattle off a handful of names, all, several of which who have won a Heisman Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma State. That's only happened once, right? Yeah. And so when we say, oh. Here's a guy like Chuba Hubbard who's standing above a guy like a Kennedy Brooks in a one-on-one scenario. That that's the one that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, and here's the thing for me is that I I I, I Iowa State scares me a little bit more than Oklahoma State because the Sooners have to go to Ames, where Oklahoma State comes to Norman. But the thing that I, I can't deny, I mean, I can't deny how good Chuba Hubbard is. And I can't deny how good Tylen Wallace is. But what I can also say is I trust the guy calling the plays on Oklahoma sideline a lot more than I trust the guy calling the plays on Oklahoma State sideline. And and say what you want. I mean, Texas fans, Oklahoma State fans, they're going to say, you know, get to the playoff and lose. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. Because what does your coach do? Because you, you, know, you know there's three games every year that Mike Gundy is going to coach his way out of. I mean, it's going to happen. And, and, and that's the thing that I trust. Well, even though the better position groups, I still trust Lincoln Riley a lot more than I would trust Mike Gundy. And that's the big difference between me when we, when we come down. But it just sucks because as an Oklahoma fan, I always want to say Oklahoma's the best at everything. But sometimes reality has to hit you and you, that, then you learn the value of your head coach. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks a lot for, for jumping in here. We want to know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Let us know where you agree or where you disagree. Where do you think, you know, we're absolutely plum loco for having Texas number eight, for having Kansas in the, in the top five. Hit us up and let us know uh, what you think. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>